Welcome to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. In each episode, you'll discover business books past and present that are changing the lives of people just like you. We'll cover some hidden gems, some lost classics, and shed new light on books you thought you knew. Guests range from up-and-coming coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors to big names sharing things they've never shared on podcasts before. I'm Matt Johnson, agency owner, podcaster, and author of Microfamous. I'll be your host for this journey through the land of life-changing books, so let's dig in. Welcome back, everybody. This is the One Book That Changed My Life podcast, and I'm so excited for our guest, Nancy. Thank you so much for being here, first of all, and I just want to preface this for the audience. So you are a real estate investor, international speaker, multi-time best-selling author. You've been featured in another book as well as a bestseller. Uh, you are feed, you've been featured in Forbes. You've been a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. So there's a big Forbes connection there. Um, you've done all kinds of really cool things and you're a very big creative thinker. You've also spoken a lot and you've been featured on a lot of podcasts. So people in my world in the real estate space might already be familiar with you. Now, all that being said, if you run across a random person, maybe they're in real estate, maybe not. <laughs> what do you explain? How do you explain to people what you do? So I, you know, it's I, I try to keep it down to the 30 second, you know, commercial, but basically I am so passionate about helping people learn how to be real estate investors, how to minimize their risk and really take advantage of opportunities when the market shifts. Love it. All right. And uh, who's your, like, like the person that you want to help the most? What does that person look like? So usually um, it's usually uh, women. I mean, not that men, you know, don't need help, but I find that women um, and being a woman, we maybe lack the confidence. Um, we have the desire, but we lack the confidence or the support from our family. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the people that I work with, they have raised their families and now they're kind of looking down the road at retirement and they're either dissatisfied with the nine to five job. They want to have more, not just financial freedom, but freedom to do the things in life that they really, really want to do. Um, and so I help people like that to come up with creative strategies because sometimes maybe they don't have all the money they need. Sometimes they just don't need that. They don't have the education. Sometimes I spent tens of thousands of dollars and they didn't really get where they wanted to be. So I think that, mm. um, you know, women as they're kind of, they've already been in the workforce for a while, or maybe they've raised their family and they're kind of looking for that next adventure in their life. Yeah, I love it. So if anybody's listening, if you're in the audience and you're in the coaching consulting space and you know an audience like that, keep Nancy in mind and let's make some uh, let's make some connections because that's who she can speak to and really help. And you're right about that in terms of the infrastructure. There's a lot of support, not not by intention necessarily, but there's a lot of support for guys in real estate investing. There's a lot of bro investors. There's a lot of just that bull in a china closet masculine energy in the well, investing and just game. To even if you look at real estate conferences, mm -hmm. very few real estate conferences, investors, you know, even other big time <laughs> uh, real estate companies, it'll be men on the stage. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, nine times out of 10. And if there is a woman, she's either an attorney or a marketing person or you know, um, in the, the investing business. Yeah. yeah. They're not really focused on, I mean, not, there are many women out there that are, um, you know, successful, uh, real estate investors. I just don't think they get showcased as much as yeah. men do. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think there's, there's a lot of small spaces like niches like that, where 
whatever it is, um, guys end up being the ones that are the majority on stage. And I don't always think it's malicious on the part of the event organizers. It's just that's easy. It's easy unless you make a concerted effort sometimes mm-hmm. to really reach out to the powerhouse women that are in the space. You just kind of end up filling the stage with whoever is easier to come by. And it's just it ends up being a lot of dudes. Uh, I find because I've <laughs> talked to people that put on those events. It's like, oh my God. I just, I, I booked it with all the people that I know. And then I realized afterwards, it's all this or it's all that. And I need to find some, some people to mix it up. So I do think there's a, that's something that every coach and consultant and speaker should keep in mind is that if you are, if you are the minority in, in any industry, whatever that minority might be, like reach out to the event organizer because 99 times out of a hundred, it wasn't intentional. And they're probably looking for someone like you to be on the stage. Uh, I have a, a client who jokes around about how she's always the shortest, roundest, brownest person in any room. And so she'll just reach out to real estate event organizers and go, Hey, there's nobody on your stage lineup that looks like me. And you're like, you're right. Let's book you. So, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway, I wanted to point that out. Okay. So let's get into uh, how you were impacted by the book 10 X. Cause it's, uh, I was never a huge Grant Cardone fan in terms of the sales training or the or the uh, the way that he presents himself. And there's a lot that I would disagree with on the social media advice that he gives. But all that being said, I loved the book 10x. I thought it was great. It was super impactful on me and I'll, for reasons I'll share in, in later. But uh, I'm curious, where were you at? Like, where was your business at? What were you doing? Uh, what time period was it when you first encountered? So it was probably about four or five years ago, maybe. And we had been plugged along as, you know, we had been flipping some houses and, you know, doing the tenant and toilet thing. You know, we've been landlords for a long time. And I just felt like, okay, we had to go somewhere. You know, you get to a certain point in anything that you do. It's like, okay, I just need some of that push. And I had to agree with you about everything you said about um, Mr. Cardone. And I actually downloaded his book off of Audible. Uh, I don't know if I would have gotten as much impact if I had just read the book, but his, his, because he narrated it and it was so awesome. I felt like his energy and the messaging. So where we were at at the time was just, you know, we were um, at that stage where we're kind of looking down the road and, you know, how do we want to kind of end, not end real estate investing, but just where do we want it to grow? Because, you know, after a time you've been doing flips for a while, you know, that's, it just takes a lot of energy, takes yeah. a lot of cash. And I was looking for more passive. And I had some goals, but I was like, hmm, how am I going to get there? So anyway, I started, after I listened to that, I was like, dang, I just need to go for gold. You know, um, I'd always wanted to write a book and I just said, I'm just going to do it. Um, got a lot of flack for writing the first book, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. Um, I like the idea that he, what really resonated with me is about taking problems because in real estate investing, it's a risky, you know, endeavor. Um, but what problem becomes an opportunity? So, you know, I mean, one prime example is, you know, distressed properties, but when the market changes, that also presents a problem for investors. So right now, Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, um, overinflated housing prices. I mean, good for people that are doing flips. If you're being, you know, making money That's not my thing yeah. right now, <laughs> you know, so we had to pivot. So I think, you know, it really helped me start to think about pivoting in the types of real estate investing. And then I got into the small dollar IRA and how I could help people that had less than $50,000 start becoming private money lenders and how myself, I bought a house for $5,000 and made a lot of money in that. So, I mean, there's so many creative ways to be in real estate So his book kind of, I said, okay, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start being this person that kind of goes outside the norm. Um, I'm not going to be your typical flipper. I'm not going to be your typical 
And I don't deal that uh, with sellers that are unrealistic about, you know, I'll walk away. I would rather not do a deal and I'd just rather walk away. Um, and then improving on success, because I think that no matter what industry you're in, you can always be better. You can be a better coach. You can be a better investor. You can be a better um, mentor. Um, and I like that message that he had. So always perfecting. And I'm not a perfectionist, but it's kind of like taking, I like taking, he says, massive action. I take massive imperfect action. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. I love it. Yeah, that's the, the massive action part. We were talking about this before we hit record. That was what was super impactful for me uh, because I was raised in such a way that when you you kind of evaluated your goals and you looked at how can you expand like the minimum necessary effort to get there. And that was always the game was the minimum necessary effort. And that book completely blew that whole mentality out of the water for me. It's like, absolutely not. Like when you set a goal, you put in 10 times the amount of work you think it's going to take. And if you've done your job right, you should obliterate your goal to the point where you actually create more challenges by how well you hit that goal to begin with. And I'm like that, like that just, it blew my mind mm -hmm. that if you've done your job, you'll actually create new problems when you solve one problem because you'll solve it so well, like you'll, you'll grow a company five times instead of doubling it. Like that creates a whole different set of problems than just doubling a company, right? If it grows five or 10 times doing anything where you're putting in like 10 X, the work is going to not only obliterate your goal, but it's going to create new challenges, but they're good challenges. They're the exact exactly. problems you want to have. Well, and I think to the 10 X, um, I think people get, they get tapped out at their, like they, everyone says, Oh, I want financial freedom. Well, what does that really mean? What is the number that you need? So, you know, we had to sit down and this is going back to my husband and I, we had to sit down and say, what is that number? You know, what is it that's going to make us financially free? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and to me, one number and then to you is a different number yeah. um, and really 10x your goals. You know, it's not just about, you know, the action, but really things that you might have thought I might I was raised like, oh, don't be too lofty with your goals. And you know, <laughs> like so I'm like reaching for the stars. And yeah. It's so funny because my daughter, I raised her, you know, and she has some goals that most uh, she's like 27. And she's obtained a lot of her goals at a young age, but that's because she was raised up in a different kind of like, you can go for it. You know what I mean? And so I think my message to women, because I can kind of relate to women that are in my age bracket, you know, I'm not 27, not 30. Um, but, you know, we didn't really have, we had to take, we always have to take care of our family first, right? Mm -hmm. Family comes first, our time, you know, that's because we're such caregivers. And I think it's hard sometimes for women to move from caregiver so you can still be a caregiver and be a fabulous real estate investor, you Absolutely. know? So, yeah, exactly. And that, that is a, um, what would you call it? A misconception, a myth, just this is the, the idea that you can't be both that, that right. there's only, there's only such, such thing as one or the other, that the, those two things can't be in the same person. Yeah. I think to me, that's a myth. Let's take a quick break from the conversation. Are you interested in running a podcast like this? Then check out our done for you service and grab a 15 minute podcast brainstorm call. We'll talk through your podcast idea and the business behind it so you'll know exactly how a podcast can attract ideal clients and bring you 5 to 10x return. Schedule your call today at pursuingresults.com. And now let's jump back into the conversation. I was curious. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned because I think the audience um, of you know fellow coaches and consultants and a lot of these people have already written books or will write books. You mentioned that you caught some flack when you decided to write your first book. What was that like? And so, why did you catch flack for setting out to write a book? I know. Well, I think it's um, you know circle. You know your circle, and when you start rising 
not rising above it, but when you start having goals that maybe are outside what your circle thinks of what's the norm. And, you know, there's, um, I mean, there's a lot of real estate investors that have written books, but not a lot. I mean, in terms of like, you, you look at, there's all these real estate investors, and then there's this group of us that have all written books for different reasons. I mean, you know, it's credibility, it's to get your story out there. And really the first book, Winning Deals and Heels, my first strategy was the differences between the, the first idea I had was I was going to write about the differences between men and women in real estate investing. Mm. Um, and that just seemed too, you know, political too. Um, cause there are some, like how you deal with contractors, yeah. uh, I'm blonde and, um, you know, sometimes when I go talk to a contract and I know how to lay tile as the best with the best of any, <laughs> but they don't know that when they see me. Right. right. Yeah. And so, you know, they, or, um, I've had some women investors call me up and they start crying with the contractor. And so I was raised that you don't cry, you mm-hmm. know, and whether yeah. you're in the boardroom or you're in the construction room. Right. So I think that women just need it. So then I said, okay, I'm not going to really get into all of that. I feel like women need to know that there's examples of women who are just like them, who raised a family, you know, I, uh, relocated from, you know, Arizona to Texas and I went and I found like-minded women to be in the book mm-hmm. um, so that we all, but we all started the same. You know, we all had an interest. We were all raising families. Um, we all had a mentor. And if you each chat, there's 10 women in the book and almost every single one of us, we have the same story um, of how we got into real estate investing. So I think that that's really a strong message that women need to hear is that you can do this you do have to have some confidence in yourself. And if you don't, or you have fear, then go find another woman that's done it, you know, that can help you along the way. Yeah. It's so interesting when you set out to write a book (laughs) and you think about the impact you want to make, there's always more avenues to get there Mm -hmm. than, than just whatever you, your initial idea is. And it's really hard. Um, one of my clients calls it kill your darlings. She learned that from her entrepreneurial father. Like sometimes your favorite ideas are the ones that need to be killed the most because they stand in the way of the idea that would actually make the most difference to people. And so I've never forgotten that, that sometimes when you set out on this project to write a book, that the initial vision you had for it doesn't end up being the thing you put out because you realize like my initial idea is actually standing in the way of the better idea. Uh, the book that's over my shoulder, Microfamous, like that wasn't the initial title of it. I had to go back and once I realized it was a better name than the one I had before, I literally had to go back and rewrite the entire thing <laughs> to match the new title. Uh, and it turned out way better, by the way. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that uh, they they don't understand that going into the book writing process. Uh, And there's a lot of people in our audience that are in that position of either working on another book or working on their first book. Don't be afraid to kill the darlings because that you make them like odds are your initial idea for your book is not going to be the best idea for your book. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, that, that, that was kind of a message that I didn't really, I mean, I think women know that we just, and then each woman has to decide how she's going to handle that, depending on where you're at in your real estate investing. I mean, if you're going to GC a, pro- a property and you have, I mean, mostly men are in construction. I've met a few gals, but it's mostly <laughs> men. Um, so, you know, you just have to have a certain skill set. And I don't think I answered the question about why I got flack. So I think it goes back to the Grant Cardone thing, because I that really mm-hmm. resonated with me. I've done a lot of what I think are interesting and cool things. I've kind of created niches for myself just because I'm creative and I problem solve. I'm like, well, and I'm always asking the question, 
why, why can't you do this? Or, you know, how can we do it? And I think when you, uh, and I'm not afraid of change. So I think when you start changing and you start having a different focus, it's just that um, you don't get as much support maybe from the group that you thought that you were going to get the support from. And then the support comes from somewhere else. So I think as you go up the ladder, no matter where it is, that you're always going to have these people that want you to stay back down here with you and not out of jealousy or anything. It's just that they're not changed. And was when I got the book done, um, it was so much fun because all the gals that were in it, we all came together because uh, part of the proceeds um, benefit a hope store here in Plano, Texas that helps um, domestic violent families. Mm-hmm. And they had a book signing party for us. And so now I have women asking me when I'm going to write my next book and can they be in it? So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that is interesting that sometimes your, your greatest support, especially for something new comes from outside of your original circle. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people in the audience that can probably relate to that because anytime you try to grow or change or evolve, you're going to have that same phenomenon happen. And somebody unexpected is going to come to your aid and somebody unexpected is going to drop out of your active like yes. day-to-day network, and which I is think, always sad. Yeah. So in the 10X book, he talks about that as you're climbing mm-hmm. up. But then once you get to a top of whatever you consider the top is, then it's, then you don't feel that. Right. So it's mm-hmm. as, but I've noticed as I've, you know, inched up and this was, you know, back in other um, positions I've had that as you inch up, you know, you get that little tug and you got to go more and then you got to go more. And then you just have to, you know, either reach out to people that have been there. And I've always tried to reach out to women who have been there first. I don't need to be the trailblazer. There's plenty of women out there that have done the trailblazing. And now I'm one of them. So I can help women that want to come up in the real estate investing. Yeah, I love it. And uh, you mentioned the book. So Winning Deals and Heels, right? That was the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. You've written uh, you know, and worked on other books besides that. What's the best place for people to get connected and just kind of get into your world, learn about the books you've written, the courses that you have, and just kind of get connected with you? Well, they can always go to my uh, website, which is Nancy Wallace Lobs. That's L-A-A-B-S dot com. Uh, go find me on Google me on YouTube. Please subscribe to my channel. I have a lot of different... Uh, info on vacation rentals and investing with your uh, small dollar IRA. And then my email address, if you just want to chat, get on my calendar is nancy at K as in kite, B as in boy, N as in Nancy, homes, H-O-M-E-S dot com. KBN Homes. Yeah. Nancy yes. at kbnhomes.com. Awesome. Well, I love the conversation. I love how you brought it back around to the book, which has been majorly impactful for you. It's been impactful for me. And if anyone in the audience, I don't know how they escaped that book being in our industry, but if you haven't read it because of any negative associations with Grant's social media presence, step away from that. I think we both can agree wow. that that's not our favorite part of uh, of him. And, there's, and really, you don't need to buy into any of that stuff to get benefit from the book. The book really does stand on its own. I think it's a very powerful book, even completely separate from anything about Grant's personality. I totally personality. agree with that. You don't have to sign yeah. up for anything. Just, you know, and and like I said, I, like me, I loved listening. My husband and I listened to it together. We were driving um, to visit my aunt in Oklahoma and we were just, mes- he was even mesmerized. I mean, he helps me in the business, but he was like, wow, that's really cool. So it can help you personally in other things too. It's not just about real estate investing. Oh, no, not at all. No, it's very, very good for anyone in business and especially for experts, coaches, consultants, people like that. Yeah, it's a book that you should absolutely know. Nancy, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And hopefully people will check you out and get up, get connected up with you. All right. Thanks, Matt. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the microfamous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.